0: Welcome to episode 372 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. On this special edition of the Overlook Hour, as we take the entire episode to remember this day. Where Randy is not here. Joining us is Russell John the Fisherman. (laughs) Russell, he hijacked the
1: episode by not being here. we should acknowledge the show is falling apart without him we're not sure what we're gonna do i had three segments ready they're all gone i don't know where he keeps them
0: so it's chaos now without randy that's right uh we are recording on september the 11th and out of uh respect for that day randy has decided to uh not show up for the episode so we've given him the day off that's not what he told me out of memories he told me he was flying out for
1: the queen's funeral also, that—that's where his money comes from. Well,
0: you know, he's—he's a, he's a big, uh, you know, ing, ing, Anglo Anglophile, Anglophile, Anglophile.
1: I think they call him Gilps.
0: Gilt? What? <laughs> he's a Gilf. That's a grandmother I'd like to fornicate. Yeah. how is that, Randy? Oh, I, what do you mean? how is that, Randy? Have you ever looked at his search history? No, he, Randy can't be in the gilps. That's my thing. Oh, okay. Well, that, I thought you were bonding over that. Also joining us is Oksana Valerinova Osachi.
2: <laughs> Hi.
0: We wanted to bring you in on the gilps section. That's great. Yeah. Thought it was appropriate. <laughs> How was everything?
2: Good. We have a breeze going through the house for the first time all month.
0: Oh, We, we survived a hell of a week this week, didn't we, gang?
2: <laughs> so many pics there so many screenshots of uh weather forecasts being thrown around in my office.
0: I mean awful. we had a it was a record setting heat wave in the Bay Area, Russell. do you know that? It did yeah. an all time in Livermore, California. It hit a hundred and sixteen degrees Fahrenheit. It was a hundred degrees here for several days. Three days, four days. It was right under a hundred for a couple of those
2: So many people in my office live in a. Uh, Inland, where it was like in closer to like one twenty, <laughs> like I'm not even gonna complain because yeah. at least we don't have that extra twenty degrees.
1: Didn't stop me, <laughs> not for a moment. <laughs> I worked in a warehouse. It was ninety five degrees. It was brutal.
0: Um, Terrible. but whatever. What are you gonna do? But we made it through. We 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 have we have a couple weeks of that, and I feel like we may have one more mm, slightly toasty week. I think we're out of the woods. We're done. We, we, we have to pay our penance at least once a year of one horrendous, horrendous week. And uh, we paid our penance with that. And then, you know, they assassinated the queen. And now, you know, 21 years of remembering. Now, well, we're never going to know <laughs> what happened 21 years ago.
1: Um, the Queen being dead, I, I think people should take this seriously. She was the last bastion against the New World Order. People don't know this, and now that she's gone, expect the She uh, was NWO white <laughs> or NW red. <laughs> she was a uh, too sweet as they say. She was Wolfpack. She was the original. She was Wolfpack all along. But life. you know, when you replace an evil head of a monarchy, you it's not always better what we get after. So I'm just saying.
0: Epstein Island. On Epstein Island, it's gonna be England. <laughs> not, Ninety-six years old. Epstein's England. It is crazy though that you know ninety-nine point nine nine percent of people on this planet have not lived a life without her being the queen of England. Who cares? I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, and I'm just. I honestly, I couldn't have cared less. No,
1: and. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. And uh, in fantasy movies, queens are very important. So you would think I would love the feudal system and that she would hold some dear place in my heart. She really doesn't.
0: Well, I don't know if you know this about me and my upbringing, but my mother. Oh, no. Loves the monarch. Really? Loves. Why? Dude, I don't know. It's something about... I'll tell you this. I know a lot of broads that like the monarchy. <laughs> now, Oksana, you know, I, it, we got a different breed of broad over here. <laughs> all right. You bring in these European broads. I, I, I'm, I, I don't imagine she's, she's got a high ranking of respect for the monarchy in general.
2: But not especially. Yeah, there you go. Uh,
0: the best argument I've heard is that uh, it's
1: tradition. People just like having a constant and that she's a weird political figure in the way that she's non-political because she has no power. Yeah. So like if imagine if they were opening a new building and you put the queen, she would show up. She wouldn't smile. She wouldn't frown. She wouldn't say anything. She'd just stand there. So she kind of acts as like a voodoo doll that you could project on. You'd be like, man, I fucking hate this building. You're like, she hates it, too. You should just stand in there. So it was kind of a way for people to just root for her no matter what. Yeah. And whatever. Who cares?
0: Well, you know, we, we do wish all of our friends uh, in Great Britain you know a, a, a lo- you know, a time of comfort during this tremendous loss <laughs> of this 96-year-old woman. We should have checked in with the Liverpool guys. <laughs> and we will never know what was inside of that
1: purse. I wonder if they're going to do a convention. Please remember the Queen. Or what do they say? God save the Queen? God save the Queen. I mean, she knighted Elton John. The whole thing was a
0: charade. Oh, you're paying your full respects now. <laughs> also, but no, I, want, I do want to tell you this. My mom, um, you know, it was a big day for her. Like when, when Diana died. Oh, no. Oh, she, my mom was super into my Diana mom, My mom cried the whole day.
2: <laughs> That's different. That was a sudden.
0: Yeah, she was pretty Wait. and young. My mom loved Diana. All right. So here we go. So she messaged me right when it happened. Queen Elizabeth died uh, crying emoji face. Oh, no. And I said, yeah, just saw. And then she said, they need to skip over Charles. <laughs> and I said, well, Andrew was a pedophile. <laughs> and she said, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. Six exclamation marks. <laughs> God damn. Then she says, Harry is a spoiled brat married to a witch. <laughs> I think William and Kate are going to be good as long as Charles doesn't destroy the monarchy first. Damn. So she's invested. They need to just turn it into a reality show. Just hook that place
1: up with a bunch of cameras. And it like, is a-, a reality show. I know, but I mean like Big Brother all day. Just stream it live all the time. The
0: retarded brother and the witch <laughs> are making them-
1: up. <laughs> well, I think they're the-, they're the reason that people love the queen was because she was quiet. She just showed up and did her thing and had tea time. No, 100%. Yeah. Instead of being like outspoken. And I'm now tired you've got outspoken.
0: Charles who murdered his <laughs>
1: wife. All right. And Dodie. I can't believe, you know, we're bad patriotic Americans. We spend all nine eleven commiserating the death <laughs> of the monarchy.
0: <laughs> well, but we know more about what happened with Diana than we do with nine eleven. That's true, <laughs> right? We're much better at subterfuge. <laughs> yeah. We have we have much more knowledge of what's going on behind the British monarchy <laughs> than what we do in our American democracy. You know, I I
1: do really think there there's talk right now of turning the whole. Uh, Monarchy thing into a museum, like the building they lived in, and just opening it up. And honestly, I'd be
0: down. I feel like that would be pretty good tourism. Yeah. Why not? Like, I mean, it's, I mean, let's be honest. Is it not that now? Yeah. Pretty much. It's kind of that way now.
1: Well, I mean, think of what a the feudal system was terrible for people who were poor. For sure.
0: So it's weird. And I have seen, I have seen the memes. This week.
1: Well, it's just weird. Over here in America, we're constantly revising and reimagining our history to be bleaker and darker. But yet we, like, put this bitch on a pedestal. And it's like, we, there's so much documented torment that a king bestowed upon her. I mean, dude, she was important because she had royal blood?
0: What kind of fucking weird occult shit is that? Yeah, and uh, here's the thing about royal blood. It always has incest in it it's always spilled
2: by a brother that's right
0: um all right did you want to add anything
1: to the queen no okay then i i want to talk about something very important i'll be
0: brief well we have to we're gonna do we got a thing for the queen oh did you want to play that yeah let's do it now okay um do you you want to set it up um what did you have to talk about because i just want the flow uh the spirit store All right, talk about this. Um, <laughs> well, because the Queen talk was going to take us right into. Okay. Yeah, then I'll
1: briefly. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned before that we've been in a brutal heat wave, and it feels like it's coming to an end. But yesterday, uh, we teamed up with our Overlook brethren, Terrell, and we went on a trifecta uh, adventure of all the spirit shops out here. Oh, my God. Dude, it was fun.
0: Yeah. It, it was a great. little
1: depressing, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Mostly depressing. Um the all, the depressing part was the weather. We went outside and it was foggy and we're like, yeah, and it's fucking humid. It was we, we had air conditioning on, but it looked like we were driving through the mist. Where did you guys go? Uh I believe we started in Westlake out here, mm-hmm. which is a very lively, energetic spirit shop. Um uh, th- dude, I have to say, the spirit store, they have a t-shirt wall. It's fantastic. They have a bunch of original IP shit like they have interesting things like their logo with the Grim Reaper with one squinty eye. He got like one good eye uh, where it's replaced with Ghostface and just says spirit. And it's like, man, this is the kind of marketing that you'll make money on with uh, horror fans. And it's uh, apparently working because they have none of the fucking stock there. But I was able to buy a crew neck of just the branded spirit shop logo, which I fucking love. And on the on one of the sleeves. It's printed down. uh, It says it's so much fun. It's scary. (laughs) It's it's fantastic. I'm so happy. I got that Uh, ton of decorations there. Dude, a lot of IPs. Um, Trick or treat has taken over. There is Sam shit everywhere in that store. Um, And Hocus Pocus. And Hocus Pocus. Boy, two's coming out.
0: Is it not crazy that that movie has uh, exploded the way it did without zero theatrical release? It was shelved forever. Well, it's Disney, too,
1: though. So I think it got syndicated on TV forever. Wait, I feel like we're talking about two different things. I'm talking about Hocus Pocus. Oh, I thought you said uh, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. No, that is a little You weird. said Trick or Treat. I, did, I was talking about both. Um, okay. Trick or Treat is weird, but it came out early streaming. So that movie really grew out of a okay. cult following. But it's just fucking good. It's such a Halloween movie. Like, through and through. Anna packway.: Keep going. Dylan Baker. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Anthology horror. It's, it's really good. I think it is deserving of, like, a classic kind of status. Um,
2: and it's going to be in theaters this year in October. Oh, like, really? It's going to do a theatrical. like. It's going to play at the Alamo for sure on Halloween. For
1: sure. That's when you know you won. When you make an indie horror film that people at the Alamo would have never asked for. And then they can't ignore it anymore and they have to show it where you're like, yeah, I made a fucking indie movie that celebrates anthology, horror, and Halloween. And they're like, yeah, we got to show it. Yeah, but see this. Mm-mm. That's a win. Yeah, but that's not the best Halloween movie. Oh, I, I don't think so either. Satan's little Homer, Dude. And also another movie that I think you can make an argument for. the am
0: Carver.
1: Uh, a movie that would play down
0: the street. <laughs> Definitely down the street at, Dude, like, the ATU. the Pumpkin Carver would crush at the Alamo. <laughs> it really would. You played it on a terror Tuesday. Love Pumpkin Carver. Pumpkin Carver would crush. Bone Daddy and Spinner. Bone Daddy and Spinner. <laughs> yeah,
1: we got to start loading these up. And if that movie picked up, and then the spirit shop started carrying Bone Daddy and Spinner shirts, then it'd really be a euphoric experience. Um, after Westlake, we went to, what, San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> they had one on Bryant Street, which... um. Interesting element they had. They literally had zombies walking up and down the street in front. Uh, you could see them drooling. A couple were growling at the wall. There are zombies all throughout the city. Yeah, and uh, exactly, and they're the same kind as they were all injecting around the corner. Um, there was also a very annoying. I, you know, I I went negative right away. I don't know. I imagine if you're dealing with these zombies all day, you'd probably be a pretty touchy security guard too. Also, yeah. this dude, a uh, large black man. Looked like uh, he was the type of security guard who would stop you at the door. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, uh, Lululemon and their, like, smash and grab incident.
2: He didn't make me check my bag at the door. I
1: know. And the shocking part was he did. We're like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. uh, weird one. No windows. It felt underground. A uh, lot of unique um shit, though. They had a lot of stuff that the other two didn't. Yeah. Um, then we went. What, th- like human organs? No, like different kind of like You're lawn, making it sound very sinister. Lawn decor. Dude, they had uh, dummies that you would put in like a seat or like dress up. One dude was buying four of them. I'm a and I'm like, what is he going to? He's either going to have like one of the best orgies ever or he's going to scare some <laughs> little kids. Either way. I mean, I guess you wouldn't have to separate the two. You could do both. Sure. Um, and then we went to the third one in Millbrae, which was in a giant warehouse that you literally walk about 50 feet of what? unfinished flooring mm-hmm. it felt like you're going to be murdered or it was like you're walking into a haunt i don't know these are fun you should go to one a lot of decorations a lot of uh good clothing which is weird Your fun and my fun <laughs> no you could smoke outside just get blasted again i You'd don't smoke going, anymore at all i smoke marijuana that's what i mean
0: I you know, just bring a
1: bong in i had to go back to vape they had a um shaggy costume i could see you rocking that now you can make like a big stogie it can be a fat shaggy dude wait is stogie a thing you smoke or eat hoagie you have a big hoagie and a stogie hoagie stogie yeah you could be that shaggy (laughs) great no it's fantastic uh again i hope you're ready because the spirit movie is coming out soon oh my god and they have a lot of merch for the two characters that show up in it which is what crouchy the clown And uh, Nightcrawler, which is like a dude on stilts, but he crawls on the ground.
2: Oh, that's what he's from?
0: Yeah, they're from the movie that's coming out.
2: I had no idea. I thought it was another comic book character. How
0: Where is the movie coming out?
1: I believe it's going to have a limited... Oh, I don't know. You know, I say limited, but I think it's getting theatrical. It's spirit Halloween, the movie,
2: like a one night only in theaters thing.
1: When a Halloween store opens in a deserted strip mall, three friends thinking they've outgrown trick or treating, decide to spend the night locked inside, but their night of spook filled fun turns out to be outlandish survival. I can't wait. It looks um, I'm a little worried it's going to go a goosebumps route and be kind of me. I don't see a rating for it either, so I'm. If it's PG-13, I don't know, but it's got Christopher Lloyd in it. (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad. It's also got a Brad Carter in it, but it's not our Brad Carter. Which, how funny would that have been? We get an author on here who's also going to be acting in a movie. Anyway, yeah, Spirit. Sorry, I did not expect to take that long on there. I feel
0: like I ruined your segue. Directed by Uwe Boll. Yeah, well, it 100% (laughs) 100% <laughs> ruin the segue, but that's okay. Um, so let's, uh, let's go back and talk about the queen. Uh, we have a, I, I pulled an audio clip that I saw yesterday, and it's a little lengthy, but it does uh, work very well with what we have constructed here on the show uh, with our, our regularly scheduled guests that we bring in weekly. Um, So let's just uh, let's just let the clip play.
3: I was working with Paul McCartney. I got a call from his office saying that Paul would like me to come to Abbey Road and, and work with him and do an arrangement orchestration on one of his songs. So I go out to the studios in Abbey Road and it's just me and Paul in the studio with an orchestra And as I'm rehearsing, Paul comes over to me and says, Angela, stop the orchestra, I must tell you this story. He he said, I I was asked by the Queen's office to perform 35 minutes of my music to help celebrate her birthday uh, at Buckingham Palace. So I'm very excited about it. And here comes the night, and um, I'm about to go on. And the Queen kind of walks by me and she says, Mr. McCartney, it was just so lovely to see you tonight. And he says, well, Your Highness, I am so delighted that you invited me to help celebrate your birthday. And I'm now going to perform for you 35 minutes of my best works. Oh, Mr. McCartney, I'm sorry, but I can't stay. And Paul says, but but Your Highness, oh, Mr. McCartney, don't you see? It's five minutes of eight. I must go upstairs and watch Twin Peaks. (laughs) And Paul... Paul turned around, and I was standing on the conductor's stand, and he punched me with his right arm on right here, and he made me black, and he, he, he used a few choice English words. He <laughs> said, because of your blah, 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 blah show, Twin Peaks, I could not perform for the Queen. Fantastic story.
0: That was composer Angelo Badalamenti from Twin Peaks. We should have let David come in to hear that. I'm sure he would
1: have got a kick out of it. I just realized that.
0: Well, you know, I I think it sets up of, you know, um, the Queen clearly a fan of Twin Peaks, which I think is kind of cool. Clearly a fan of one David Lynch. Now, we'll see if that is reciprocated (laughs) in today's daily summation given to us by the great David Lynch. Now, um, if, if you recall... Uh, recent iterations of this very segment. Um, David has gone on a recent trend of accounting for how many uh, luxury sleeping trains and um, food carts. What are they called? (laughs) Dining cars. Dining cars. Food carts. (laughs) How many dining cars are available? I think we're up to seven dining cars now. I think so, yeah. I, Lord knows how many sleeping trains it's uh, this train has expanded dramatically in the past few weeks. So uh, let's catch up with our dear friend, David.
1: All right. So bring him in.
0: <laughs> yes. Good morning. It's September 11, 2022, and it's a Sunday Day two of weekend projects,
4: and the fun work train is rolling. Today, (laughs) I'm going to be headed again to the dining car for coffee,
3: a cookie, and that popcorn. Ooh, a cookie. Seems to be a winning combo for me uh, these weekends. Hell yeah.
4: And I'll be working with resin, mold-making rubber, tempera paint, and wood glue.
0: Everyone, <laughs> have a great day.
1: Not a single mention, okay, of no. the Queen or 9-11. No. Because he knows something fishy hip or he's like the queen and he won't give you any no that's not true he got very political during the ukraine thing maybe he's trying to be more queen like and maybe. just he'll just be a neutral player and we can all root for
0: him he doesn't strike me as a monarchy guy N- uh, No. <laughs> i don't think so either no. that'd be pretty cool if he just absolutely hated her
1: <laughs> actually maybe it's a good thing we didn't play that clip for him
0: Oh, man. Well, uh, let's go into uh, movie talk. Like I said, Randy is out this week, so we won't have four foreign films in a row where Randy's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, three, yeah, three. Uh, two stars. <laughs> so that <laughs> cut about five minutes That's out. i uh, kidding. Of course, we love Randy. We miss him dearly. We we'll don't. see him next week. We do So uh, before we get into that, uh, I I do want to say that Russell has seen many, many movies this week and all the movies I've seen, which is three, he has also seen. (laughs) So we're going to break it up a little differently than normal. And I I did want to clue in just part of the reason why um, I've only seen, well, I mean, again, I, in normal circumstances, I think that three movies in a week is, that's... Uh, that's yeah, it's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. If not, you know, high um, in, in most people's interpretation of how many movies one should be yeah. uh, consuming in, in one given week. Uh, but the reason why my movie watching has has gone down in my own, you know, independent time is because that independent time has been taken by football. How dare you hijack this? Football's (laughs) here.
4: Oh my god.
0: So I just wanted to say, Russell, that I'm back betting on sports. Yay!
1: How you feeling? Worried for your health, mental and physical.
0: uh, I'm down about... (laughs) We don't have to talk about that, but I'm down a little. I won a little today. Mm -hmm. I won on some Formula One. Had a bad day yesterday. <laughs> Had a bad day. My wife is very upset. Oh so, I don't know. Maybe out here on the streets here pretty soon. But it's fine. Have you never?
1: I, I don't get a rush.
0: You don't get a rush yeah. at betting at all? No,
1: actually, it's kind of hard for me to even do um, like stock exchange shit. Have you ever gone to like the casino? I like investing. I like in the back of my head knowing that my money is working for me so like when you know if you do like a 401k or something i get more of a thrill out of that than i do the thought of putting money into like a slot machine
0: well slots one thing i mean you know this thing but i i I don't know i do love dumb luck but i you get no reward out of gambling i've never
1: done it either i've never even you know i i will say like if we were gonna watch like uh, UFC or something, and then we put a bet on top of it. Like, if we both had a fighter, we, you know, that we're fighting. I like that because I think it enhances your experience because you have money riding on. Yes. It. But other than, I mean, I get it. I just don't do it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I'm betting right now. I'm not betting on teams. I'm betting on individual players, mm-hmm. uh, through the DraftKings. So, um, so it's like fantasy football. Yeah. And I can bet per game. So it's just like,
1: yeah. So they have like over under on like, uh, throwing passing yards or something. Well, it's
0: fantasy style. So okay. it's based upon the the, the fantasy scoring. Um in many times. Yeah. So it but there's a lot of different options there. But yeah. So just throwing my money at another hole in the ground. Fuck yeah. All right. All so right. uh what we want to cover the first thing that we watched, which was last Sunday after we recorded the last episode you heard from us on Tuesday. Uh, And the Thursday episode. I think we did a back-to-back on that, didn't we? We had a busy Sunday. I don't know. Did we? I think so. I don't think we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did, because Monday was a holiday. We doubled up on the Sunday. Okay, if that counts. All right.
1: I thought you meant we watched another movie after this one.
0: No. I don't don't think we did. No. But we watched Requiem for a Scream, which is a Tubi original Uh, Russell, can you go back to the homepage there? Thank you very much. A sadistic killer sets his sights on a group of friends partying in an abandoned lake house determined to make their murders his symphony. Directed by Ben Meyerson, starring Cassandra Serbo, Daniel Coven, and Taylor Colum. To be original. That was a mouthful. (laughs) And I did it beautifully. You did. Good job. Russell... How I many have you seen a Tubi original before? I know that you're a big Tubi guy.
1: No, um, if you keep up with the Blu ray Tuesdays that uh, we've been working with Perel on, he's got a segment where he covers Tubi original. So I've just been living through those. Okay. And he, when he came on, he talked about this movie. So I watched it thinking he had seen it. He hadn't. Oh, okay. Which was um, interesting because both you and I forgot we watched this movie. Despite
0: kind of liking it, it is getting lambasted all over the place. It's not nearly as um, deplorable as <laughs> as the as the reviews are saying. It's a very interesting idea. I like this idea. Um, you know, it's uh, you got some budgetary concerns here, but uh, I, I this is an interesting little idea here.
1: You don't remember it, do you?
0: I barely remember this. <laughs> It's um,
1: it it's got the feel of like a early two thousands kind of like post scream slasher. Uh, it, it's kind of like a bad hush. Does that work? I hush think, is good. Yeah, no deaf character, no interesting uh, narrative. But there's a group of pretty people who go out to a cabin, and um, <laughs> honestly, I kind of like how quaint the the story is, where um, the murderer who is pictured on the the cover of the 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 poster which is the only thing i could remember of this movie was that poster he accidentally left his sd card (laughs) it's like if dexter left his like little blood droplet panel in a airbnb and he's like fuck (laughs) and he goes back and there's a bunch of kids there now and he's just kind of like damn it what am i gonna do i need that sd card (laughs) so he does pretty much what anybody would do and he um does he ask him for it? I think he straight up tells him, like, give it back. And they're like, what's on it? And then they find out it's like his SoundCloud profile <laughs> because he's been killing people. And he it's really weird. I'm going to tell you this because I think it will get you more interested in the movie. Um, He has like a torture area where he has he'll hold two people. And of course, it'd be like me and Clark and Clark would be tied up and he'd be like twisting his nipples or something. And then I'd be like, no, don't do it. He's my friend. And then he'd be like, then you need to hit a C sharp right now. And I'd be like, fuck. And then I would try and do a C sharp. And then if I did it, he would include it on his um, SoundCloud. That's pretty much our Spotify. Is SoundCloud even still around? Yeah. Chance the Rapper saved it. He, I, that was like five years that ago. That was five years That's ago. That's when they were hosting our podcast. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So his Spotify is kicking. And he knows his best material, his newest material, and he's got to get it back.
0: That's what they
1: all say. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, um, I did watch seven movies this week. I completely forgot what this was about. But, I'm, you know, Clark, he did, he did his normal thing. You pulled out your phone. You're looking up reviews while we were watching the movie. And you said, wow, people fucking hate this. And I remember distinctly when it was over, you went, dude, there's a lot of good in here. Like, people are just mean. And I'm like, yeah, it's the horror community. Yeah, and then I barely. Yeah, which, I mean, is, like, three territory. I don't know if I'd want to rewatch this again. No. I really think the first time you, you turn it on, you experience it, it's worth it. I had fun. So that's, you know, why I would give it a three. I, don't, I would not rewatch it. Now, if 2B came out with a line of Blu-rays. That were the two B original Blu-rays, and they had that really ugly bar that, like, what is that, like, neon red,
0: orange, kind of, oh, God, what does that look like to you, Clark? Neon slime. This color. Oh, that is, um, hmm, we're going to call that
1: pink. Okay, that's fair. It's kind of orange to pink. If they had that ugly bar on it, I would buy those Blu-rays. So I would buy this knowing I'd probably never watch it again. But of course, I am a collector and it is a disease. And I should mention, uh, you know who I spotted? You know where I, I caught Nathan Fielder hiding? Mm. I'm, I'm, this is a tangent I'm going on. Rick and Morty. He did a voice on Rick and Morty. I'm like, what the fuck? Nathan Fielder. Abedo. He played a little alien. Um, and I only bring that up because I did not purchase season four and five on Steelbook. And it haunts me now that I'm enjoying the show. Oh, dude, there's one episode you got to watch. It's called The Vindicators 3. It's a uh, takedown of uh, Avengers and Marvel movies, mm-hmm. except so I'll just I'll just get into it for you. Um, they Rick is a part of the team, but they all hate him because he's an asshole. So they but they need him. So they call him up and he gets into a fight with them. There's a Star Lord character who's as obnoxious as Star Lord. And uh, that night he decides, fuck this, I'm gonna go drink. So they wake up and go to the location of the big bad guy, like the Thanos character. He's already dead. And they're like, what the fuck happened? And they're like, I don't know. I guess we can leave. And then a TV comes down and Rick is blacked out. And they're like, dude, are you about to saw us? So he killed the bad guy. And as part of the takedown of the Avengers, he's going to prove to them that their lives are worthless by making them play a bunch of saw like games. It is one of the most scathing takedowns I've ever seen of superhero culture. And it's fantastic. So I had to tell you because you're a huge saw fan. Anyway, Requiem for a Scream. I want to play a game. It's a squeaming Good Time. Ooh. <laughs> Randy, we need you back.
0: Yeah, we're off the rails. Okay. Right, so now you take the reins here, you, you sprinkle in a little bit of uh, your other movies uh, that are probably complete horseshit, and then we'll close with some string. We'll navigate. Again, I have these organized um,
1: chronologically, how I experience them throughout the week. Um. So the next one, on the holiday Monday, Clark had tricked me into seeing a film with him. He promised me there was going to be loincloths. <laughs> there was going to be a wizard. There was going to be a kingdom with a large castle. No. And he's like, dude, it's called Sorcerer. You're going to love it. And I went, oh, man, the queen just died. <laughs> Qu- the queen was very much alive. But I had a crystal ball, and I, there was a prophecy that was being fulfilled, and I knew.
0: We need to celebrate her with the castle. And he said, all right, let's go. Now, look, you, you come in here and you play your little bits and that's all, <laughs> that's all cute and fine. But, you know, our, our listeners are no dummies and our listeners, they, they know what's up. They know all about this. They're, they're waiting for the pay dirt.
1: All right. Well, William Friedkin, if you've ever heard of him, he did a movie. I think it was called The Exorcist. Now he's doing a movie about some trucks and cool guys. My God, I can't believe I got tricked into seeing this one. Also, you know, it's even worse because, you know, I am uh, the Pied Piper of the weirdos of the Bay Area. And it was so hot this fucking day that people had hit us up and were like, what are you doing? I live in the East Bay. I need to get the fuck out of here. So a couple friends came out and I said, hey, Clark, he's convinced me that this uh, movie about dragons is going to be fantastic. So we all went to the Alamo, which, man, what a good move. God, it was air conditioned in there. It felt great. I got like a milkshake. Uh, what, we ordered some other food that turned out to actually be really good.
2: Philly cheesesteak. The Philly
1: cheesesteak. Who knew? Not a Philly cheesesteak by any stretch, but it was good. Um, and then, yeah, we sat down for this William Friedkin film. Um, four unfortunate men from different parts of the globe agree to risk their lives transporting gallons of nitroglycerin across dangerous Latin American jungle. Um, not a single castle. Not, uh, not one horse. And yet, I thought it was fantastic. I don't think there is a single horse. No, there's no horse. Probably donkeys. I don't know. I don't remember. I was um, horsepower, brother. Wow, a two K restoration in this. Oh film. no,
0: there's horses. Oh, there
1: is a horse. I'm stand corrected. Damn, there were like three horses in this movie. Um, it's a fantastic film. I often complain about cool guy movies, and you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. Oh, hold on, <laughs> let let me just. So the the thing I don't like about cool guy movies is I think they're an actor heavy genre and you know, it's like Tom Cruise hanging out with Sylvester Stallone and they're mafia guys. They just bought a casino, but they didn't know the Dracula owned the property. And okay, no, I would watch that movie. That's good. (laughs) No, but like you, you know, it's cool guys, hot girls, hoodless cars (laughs) and they're (laughs) hoodless cars (laughs) and they're strapped. And they got cash. Hot girls and hoodless cars. No, but it's a bunch of shit that I don't care about. And that honestly, I feel like people have actually done. I need some fantasy.
0: I got ADD, dude. Keep me on my feet. But see, what you don't understand is that is some people's fantasy. Oh, I know. Yeah. I totally get it. And I. Entourage was a fantasy <laughs> show. I'm not. That was my fantasy. I'm not fantasy shaming, okay? And Vinny the, chases my Minotaur. No. <laughs>
1: What's turtle? You're familiar. (laughs) All right. Now the thing is this movie, I love the fucking structure. We're introduced to four guys, right? Three of them get a full blown scenario where, uh, their cool guy tactics, put them at odds with their situation. They have to run. You need to check it with this cool guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Four well-dressed men go to church on Sunday. Little did they know they had Tommy guns and below the church was a crime syndicate unknown to the likes of Jesus and Satan. What? They had a lot of money down there, and they stole it. But they didn't know that the church was run by Dracula, and that he wasn't going to give up. Okay. (laughs) No, but the church was run by like a mafia tie-in. And it was very cool guy stuff. The thing is, these characters aren't, like, they're respected. And even if you are robbing a church,
0: you get, like, I got the sense that we were really in the car with them. Can um, I? I I need to, I'm sorry, I have to explore this thing, because, uh, again, what is the delineation of a cool guy movie? Is it just the implementation of crime?
1: I think it's also, uh, well, it's crime, but it's also kind of, like, um, shallow characters, too, I think. I don't think there's a lot of nuance in um, most uh, kind of, like, cool guy characters. I think pictures. that that
0: is a, uh, a failure of... Um, recognition that's fine of and, nuance on yeah because you're coming in with these blinders dog well the, the problem is that i I'm, can show you a world <laughs> i can show you a world where where y- you would come away with a brand new appreciation for the genius that is guy Ritchie. okay i
1: <laughs> i mean i heard he's got a couple castles in a movie so i'm down you liked his king arthur i did I actually did, but it mostly because it was fucking weird. All right, but
0: let's let's get back to this. So, I yeah, Russ, I I understand what you're saying about the cool guy thing because it definitely does follow that. Where we it this is when I think of 1970 movies, like this is one of those classic 1970s. Um, this is up there with you know, French Connection. Okay. In terms of like you know that gritty at uh, you. Know, 70s you know here, here <clears throat> you know i'm talking i'm talking you know fucking raging bulls and 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 the motorcycle thing you know easy riders
1: um while we're talking the trailers playing, and one of the things that i think really helped like i i i love this movie i thought it was fantastic um the storytelling was really great but also there's an element of like The, uh, like, I don't want to say supernatural, but it's larger than life. Like, there's a montage where, okay, so just plot wise, the truck driving with a literal um, sensitive bomb in the backseat is a fantastic device for a film. The opening, like the first third of this movie, where we get to learn the driver's backstory, which the driver's, it doesn't influence the character to character relationship. But just as the audience, we know more. So like uh, the terrorist from the Middle East, he's the most evil motherfucker. I believe uh, he's introduced bombing, planting bombs in Israel. And yeah, but he's tight. But here's the thing. He gets checked by the affluent French dude. And as an audience member, we're sitting there. They don't know who each other are, but they all know that they're in the shitty situation that they're probably fucked up dudes. But the French dude who honestly, he would have been punked by anybody. He was out there puffing his chest and people bought it. And I love that kind of storytelling where, you know, the audience, we know more, but I think what really elevated this film for me is that when the, uh, characters are hired to do this very dangerous mission, we have a little bit of the dread thing, which also played this weekend in 3d and we had to reject (laughs) it because we've seen too many movies. Um, But they do a great job of setting the stakes. So when we're almost at the end of the second act, it's like, oh, you feel it. There's some there's some weight here. And when they do that montage of them putting together their trucks, there's an element of like like monster in it. Like those trucks had character and they were terrifying and they were huge. And that is the thing I think a lot of cool guy movies are missing is the urban setting. It's kind of boring to me unless you really you really use your um, B-roll like paint the picture for me. And, you know, that's one of the things I always think about with Scariest 61st is just the B-roll, the gargoyles, like kind of giving the like a spiritualism to the urban. If if more movies did that, I would be into them. Talk about the score. Um, I don't know. It didn't really strike me. I was kind of tangerine dream that's you know i was actually shocked after and um i'm sure tangerine dream would know the hallmark of a fantastic score is it doesn't stand out i thought it was great no it's i mean the movie everything was working together to make this the most like heart racing high stakes film and the fact that i love tangerine dream and it didn't stand out to me just means it worked it was perfect they did their job so fanta- I'd love to revisit it now. Dude, honestly,
0: at no point during, the, during this movie was I like, oh
1: shit, the score. At sure, least sure, that sure.
0: I remember. Well, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening on screen that is just wildly captivating and for us to see that, you know, like we said in, in Theater 1 at the Alamo, arguably one of the you can't have a better you cannot have a better viewing experience than we did. No. Technically. Yeah. I, the only complaint the, you could have is the waiting staff. The thing. best thing available on the planet is there at that theater. Yeah. And so, you know, to, to be able to take this sort of film experience in that sort of atmosphere is great. And, and that's why I refuse to leave. Now, let's also talk about, you know, the practical effects here. Um, Fantastic. I don't know how they shot this movie. Not a single, not a single pixel of cg fire in this movie no thank um, god Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, we granted the you know
0: this is 1977 1975 and it's um you know we got roy scheider in here who's just he's the man dude i like it more than jaws you like this more than yeah, jaws yeah okay i want to be clear <laughs> I, I feel like you're offended by that <laughs> because that, that that's i mean easy do, i like it more they, it's, I mean, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's your taste, but also you're trying to stir some stuff up here. And this is, this is, oh, it's hot this takes. is September 11th here. <laughs> this is a day where we reflect and, and we, you know, we hold each other. You're right. And we support, you know, you don't come in here trying to burn down another tower.
1: <laughs> the Dude. tower of jaws. Also a three day, uh, weekend movie. Jaws. I think this is the superior three day weekend. Look,
0: movie. I it, look jaws is jaws is perfect. <laughs> I
1: like this more.
0: This is, I, I get it. It's great. This is like. It's freaking awesome, dude. There are elements of this are like, um, into the mic, Oksana. God damn it. <laughs> you know, you know what this movie was like for me? It was one of the more jaw dropping moments I ever had. Uh, unfortunately, uh, was at a film class in college and Not math class? It's, it's a movie, uh, from 1957. That's really sort of opened my brain. Oh, and influenced you as a human. Yeah. Oh, birth of a nation, the bridge over the uh, river Kwai. Oh, that was my next guest. Love that movie. Uh, openly cry <laughs> at the end of that movie.
1: Holy shit.
0: Um, because, you know, they built, they built a train track and blew up a. They built a bridge and a train track and a train and blew it up in the last scene of the movie yeah and there are elements of this here where you build a village to tear it down in this in the bridge oh my god um you just you you think about you know the beauty of a a big budgeted action movie yeah and, and what that could be And where all of your money is literally going up in flames and shrapnel. (laughs) And it's beautiful. And I I don't know, man, like, I, I, I just, it, the excitement I get out
1: of that. It's funny that you, you tie that into like production and cost to make. Yeah. Because I, um. I'm a fan of capitalism. (laughs) Go ahead. Here's a hot take. Here we go. (laughs) And I think, you know, it's propelled a lot of people out of poverty. I mean, there's still poverty, but like I think a couple weeks ago we're talking about how fantastic is it to be poor and still have like a projector and play games, right? So I think there's a lot of good. I also think that a lot of films try to make a scathing takedown of capitalism and fail. I think this movie succeeds in a way that it shows a bunch of people who literally are making a deal with the devil who is a lame foreman in a foreign country who's like, I'll give you eight grand, but you might die. Yeah. And they're like, I have no choice. They
0: said, no. And again, the, it's a, the structure of this movie is, is just beautiful. Oh yeah. And it, it probably takes half the movie. Then we get into the trucks and then when we get into the trucks. We're in the trucks. Oh yeah. And, and you know, you're doing this for eight grand and it's like, Y'all
1: are all a fish out of water here.
0: A hundred percent. And that
1: fish out of water.
0: I know you guys could have used that. 48 Um, hour. Where were we? You know, but that's the thing is, is just how all these characters got to that moment. It was just, it's just beautiful. I I love it so much.
2: It's more than just eight grand because they also get citizenship, right?
0: (laughs) No, they're all trying to leave.
2: I know, but they get, like, you know, documentation saying oh. They're, like, legal, so they can.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It, but it's just the uh, negotiation of do work, and then you can have a life. And I'm like, if you really want to make a scathing takedown of what it is to live in the modern world, yeah, that's it. And it's tied into politics
0: and crime and romance. Beautiful film. Unfortunately, though, I, you know, look, the people that know, know. Mm-hmm. Sorcerer. This is, has a huge blind spot in American film culture. Honestly, you know, and Freakin's a name. People know William Freakin, but people don't know this movie like they should. This should be a Jaws-level movie as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, this is absolutely a classic. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, you guys uh, saw it. We saw it together. Now, w- before you get off
1: that blind spot, what, so there was a movie that overshadowed this one when it came out?
0: Uh, oh, yeah. A uh, little movie called Star Wars. Okay, yes. Yeah, because this Wars. was
1: 1977.
0: <sighs> yeah, what are you going to do? I know. Also,
1: he's kind of a victim of making The Exorcist, too. Like, when you do a movie that changes, like, the cultural zeitgeist the way that film did, it's hard to reach that plateau, even if you're fucking turning out shit like sorcerers. So,
0: God Save the Queen.
1: Fantastic fantasy
0: movie. Yeah, dude, listen to that. I mean, yeah, French Connection. <laughs> Look, he did French Connection in seventy one, The Exorcist in 73, Sorcerer in 77. Yeah. And then Cruising in 1980. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Still got that one sheet. I gotta get that frame. To live and die in LA. Have you
1: ever seen it? Cruising? No. Oh, dude, we gotta watch that. Dude, he had a good run there. All right. Uh, any uh, Oxana, what'd you think? Let's get the female perspective.
2: It was intense. I don't know. I, I, I like how the uh, how much character the trucks had the. I don't know.
1: Oksana was angry during this movie. She's like, why can't one of the four characters be a female? She's like, I feel underrepresented in this crime hole.
2: There was a female character. Not so I never i a truck
1: that. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, that was the only moment of the movie that really hurt me was when uh, they were calling out who's willing to risk their life driving this truck and a lady raised her hand and he said we all know you can't drive stupid. <laughs> <laughs> i was like wow dude that's really fucked up i almost walked out can't honestly. drive 55 all right so beautiful experience we went to a comic book store i bought a book called prison pit it was 740 pages of four panel graphic novel i was doing this because i need to pad my reading goal this year i uh set a very very aggressive goal of 50 books this year i'm at 28 i am uh i'm barely treading water at this point i feel it's getting in my nose i'm starting to, it's getting in my lungs i might capsize and die but clark said i couldn't do this goal so i'm fucking determined um uh on goodreads it's telling me i need to read a book and a half a week now to hit this goal Mm. i'm gonna do it Mm. i'm trying anyway uh clark brought us to uh the only store in all of san francisco that still requires you
0: wear a mask what no what (laughs) i did was i brought you to the steroid shop (laughs) so you can uh boast your numbers fuck yeah dude oh
1: man i felt bad for them They felt pretty earnest about wearing the mask in there. Also, it was was hot as balls. Hot as fuck. I was like, dude, I want to look through this shit, but like, man, it's killing me wearing this thing. So whatever. Uh, I bought a book. We left. I read the book. All 740 pages. Fantastic. It's a little adventure time. Bleak. Very adult. Uh, Moving on. I went home. We still had one of our East Bay buddies over who uh, looked it up and he was like, well, at my house right now, it's 108 degrees. So I'll deal with your 82 or whatever it was here. I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? You want to watch a movie? And we did one of the things that I really hate that me and Clark used to do. Thankfully, we don't anymore, which is pull up YouTube or Amazon Prime and just go through movies for an hour and a half. So I did, we literally went through the whole anime section. Uh, Dan was over here. Uh, and I just wanted to prove to him that Tubi had some good content. I think I, I succeeded. He went fuck. I'm gonna have to get Tubi. That's, so if you're an anime that fan, that
0: sounds like one of the worst <laughs> five to fifteen minute stretches that I could possibly that's, imagine. That's fair. Um, honestly, it was very
1: hot, and I didn't want to come up with something to do. So I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> let's see who hangs out and who leaves. Uh, Dan left. <laughs> so there, we we're there with our other buddy, and um, I'm like, okay, well, let's go through some other genres. While going through sci-fi. What Science fiction action, I believe, on Tubi. Um, We came across a film that was brought up on this show before. Now, were were you able to figure out who had recommended this movie? No. Now, okay, check this out. Go on Spotify and go to the Overlook Hour and then put in New Rose Hotel. Because um, every movie we mention on this show, Oksana will put in the metadata. So I think their search function might be able to tell us when this movie had come up. So while you're working on that, um, I'll go ahead and set up New Rose Hotel. Now, you might be like, I don't, you, you know, honestly, you might be a long time listener and know exactly who mentioned this movie. But this is a, uh, let me go with synopsis. Two businessmen are hired to steal secrets from a rival and decide to use a beautiful call girl to do so. And that doesn't sound like a movie I'd really watch, right? Well, this is based on a short story by William Gibson. Who is the uh, godfather of cyberpunk? He made Neuromancer, which is a fantastic book, and kind of kicked off the '90s. I don't know, neo Neo Tokyo kind of uh, neon lights at night, urban setting, data jacks, cyber decks, uh, just a future that would never be, would never come to be, because the one thing they couldn't imagine was Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So everything in cyberpunk is hardlined which honestly i you know i'd be down to get a data jack imagine you just plug a fucking um male to male cord into Ooh, your head data jack off that's pretty good thank you and i'm sure people would in cyberpunk um but anyway this so did you find it mm-hmm. who recommended it
2: nick nordlinger
1: nick all right nick i actually i think he said it was boring If I remember correctly. And I warned our friend. I'm like, now this was brought up to me as a boring movie. So, I mean, it's William Gibson. The dude also knew the author directed by Abel Ferrara. Randy, if you were here, I'm sure you would uh, just come in your pants. And then again, we got three main actors in this movie, Christopher Walken, Willem Dafoe and Asia Argento. The Holy Trinity. And I'm like, how could this be bad? Clearly Nick Norlinger was high. He was eating mushrooms before we were talking or something. Something was going on because he's, he's got to be misremembering this movie. Um, so let me get into my thorough and accurate review of this film. It's boring. <laughs> it's incredibly boring. Yeah. It, it's a cyberpunk movie without any technology. Actually, there's one Palm Pilot that I think they green screen on some shit. But this is from the 90s. So the fact that there's a phone, a cell phone is kind of like,
0: oh, future tech. So boring. Also, contra- does does Willem Dafoe have to show up in every Abel Ferrar I don't know. Like past King of New York. So here's the thing:
1: I was most excited for Asia Argento. This girl has a wild career. I believe her dad has put her in his own movies
0: where she is naked and having sex. And also, Anthony Bourdain killed himself because of her. Didn't- <laughs> really? I did not know that. No, well, there's there's theories. Okay. Well, um,
1: this whole movie is. It, they're doing a fucking Jim Jarmouche thing here where it's like, hey, we have this fantastic action blockbuster that you're going to want to watch, except we're going to design this movie so that it's a takedown of the genre. So literally, we're watching all the scenes that wouldn't be in the movie normally. We get a lot of Christopher Walken and William Dafoe kind of uh, orchestrating a plot. We get them teaching Aja Argento how to seduce a man in. Um, in a hotel room. This is most of the movie. There is a cameo, though. Well, actually, he's got a role. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Hiroshi is played by... Okay, I'm going to try and say this name. Yoshitaka... Yoshitaka Amano, who uh, you might know if you're an avid video game fan, because he did the illustrations for like the cover of Vampire Hunter D. He did like Final Fantasy VI. He's got that very... It's, it's not, you know, he stands out to me because it's not derivative anime styling. It's kind of like oil paintings that are slightly, like, they're more elegant. They just look good. So he plays the corporate CEO guy that Asia Argento is supposed to, like, uh, seduce so that he ends up breaking up with his wife and goes to the Middle East to develop a virus, right? He doesn't even, he has one line in the movie. And the rest of it we see in like kind of found footage security camera that they don't even talk about how they got the footage. This movie is completely designed to be an art house action film. So if you're not into like the Jim Jarmusch kind of food for thought genre takedown shit, don't watch it, even though it seems totally enticing. This is a Randy movie. I think Randy would think it was boring, too. Because here's the problem. If you're into any of the shit I mentioned, like Abel, Ferrara, Cyberpunk, William Gibson, Asia Argento, this is completely counter to anything you would like normally. So it's, only, it's a literal
0: bait and I'm switch. I'm more into Henry Gibson. Don't know him. I know. <laughs> That's sad. Did he make Gibson guitars? No, he's tight. Okay. Give him a Google. I'll
1: go give him a Google right after this. So that was uh, New Rose Hotel. We ended that on a sweaty night. I believe that was the end of Monday. Now, I'm going to be quick here. Roll into Tuesday. Uh, We filmed Blu-ray Tuesday with Terrell. If you haven't watched those, go on YouTube. Leave comments. He loves it. Uh, It's a fantastic show. After that, we were bullied into seeing another movie by our cinematography experts uh jasadi and josh are east bay buddies
0: uh east bay cinematographer and here's we, we need to make merch that I just <laughs> says
1: east bay cinematographer i like it it's good um here's the thing so, what a weird situation i was so tired it's been a long week i've been watching movies doing homework researching and they're like come on we're going we're going to Terra tuesday and i'm like i've never been in a position where people were like forcing me to go i'm like it's weird but they're showing Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D, which I'm like, man, I love that movie. It's a weird one in the franchise. But God, I've seen it hundreds of times in the theater. I've probably actually seen it maybe five times, three in 3D, if not all the times. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's been a long week. But Oxana was like, well, I already bought tickets. And I'm like, all right, all right guess we're going. Um, I'm not going to waste a lot of time here. Uh, the Alamo's great. You all know that we like it. But the real 3D presentation of this was fucking fantastic. Now, we sat in row two because we're dorks and we like being up front and being really immersed. It almost was physically painful to be that close because the real 3D, I felt like if you're in the back of the room, you could have walked back and forth and like the pull cue would have followed you like it was so 3D. It was it was fucking it was incredible.
2: It's you know nuts is row two was completely empty, but there were seats purchased in row one. And well, I didn't realize it wasn't just me who was having a hard time with the 3d. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. And, uh, actually, um, the, uh, East Bay cinematographers were complaining through the film going, That's hurting my eyes. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. The depth is so deep that you would actually have to go cross side to focus properly with the camera. Dude, it was fantastic. Uh, jump scares worked in it there's one where an eyeball gets poked out it's mm-hmm. actually kind of dumb oksana fucking jumped out of her
0: seat
2: <laughs> you're not wrong okay good
0: <laughs> and, and, and again you edited a snuff
1: film
2: <laughs> and i've seen this movie before in 3d
1: <laughs> so again um it was fantastic and you know sometimes when you don't want to go to the movie it's the time you need to um I personally, the more we look at horror and franchise horror, particularly, this movie kind of loses a little bit of its charm. Um, But again, I had a fucking blast with it. Then um, at the end of the week, uh, I believe it was on Friday, Terrell came over and we watched a movie called Margot. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. It's brand new. Uh, Margot is about a group of college friends rent a small house for a weekend of partying. A smart house. What did I say? Small? All right. Take two. A group of college friends rent a smart house for a weekend of partying. Later, they start to realize that Margo, the house's super advanced AI system, has sinister designs for them. So um, a bunch of pretty people rent a smart house. What, what does that mean? It means that the whole house is Siri. <laughs> and uh, they have to download an app. before Alexa. Or Alexa. They- or Alexa. I'm sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to leave you out. Or Google. Or Google. No, I did mean to leave that out. Now, when you arrive at the house, it won't let you in until you download an app, uh, which is not unlike TikTok. And it digs through your whole phone and pulls out every shred of information. <laughs> so when you get in there, like Clark, if you had a room, it would be like, Clark, here is your room. And you would open the door and it would just be like wall to wall furry porn. And it would be like, I walked, I looked through your search history and I've determined that this is the best room for you. And you'd be like, whoa, thanks, Margo. This is awesome. And then it would uh, be like, open up the closet door. And the door would open and it would just be shelves of beautifully lit like weed. There'd be bongs, vapes. It'd be like, based on your recent purchase history, I also have Chick-fil-A on the way. Like Margo hooks it up, dude. The problem is... Margot wants to kill you. Oh, of course she does. And uh, I'll just tell you, uh, this movie was fun. We went in there expecting nothing. Um, Terrell's the best person to watch these kind of movies with because he's just on for the ride. Sure. Uh, This movie has um, the tone of Final Destination. And given that the house is trying to kill you, it really feels like Final Destination. They're just not doing the Rube Goldberg thing. Also, smart script. There's one character in here whom uh, I think we all loved. Uh, What was her character's name? Lexi, uh, played by Vanessa Morgan, which is not the guest we've had on the show before. But uh, Lexi, she's the influencer bitch who has a relationship with a guy that you really want to hook up with this other girl because they're made for each other. And um, her character, she's the bitch, and you know she's going to go down, and she's going to cause drama before it. The problem here is her writing was so fucking weird. And if you watch this movie uh, in the third act, she shifts tonally like the line she's saying, I'm just like, I'm not buying it. And usually with these kind of like goofball characters, you can get away with anything, but I found it so untrue to the character that it was like pulling me out of the movie, mm. which there's one other problem. And I think you might've just saw it. Yeah. Uh, there's CG robot arms. There's CG robot arms. So imagine you're at a, uh, the kitchen counter. And you're making some food. Well, Margo would be like, let me get that for you. And some doc tentacle arms would come out of the counter and cut up your grilled cheese. So we don't hate it. But it's also like, well, how is that happening? Then we get some weird exposition of, oh, there's nanotechnology in the house and it's practically a 3D printer. And that's Margo telling you that. And you're like, wait, what? I was in every element of this movie until this fucking nano. MacGuffin popped up and also the arms are the only bad thing in this movie they look like they are like it instantly brands the film as like sci-fi made for tv yeah other than that that's what took me out when i was watching the trailer dude watch the movie um the arms don't make that much of an impact but when they're on screen it's like you want to go get a coke or something Mm -hmm. you're like i can walk away now because there's the stakes have been leveled um and then the last film that I watched with uh, many a friend, but most importantly, Clark was another movie. Clark said, dude, we got to go to the theater. This one's going to have a loincloth. I promise you there's castles. There's a wizard. This one even has a queen in it. And I said, all right, you really let me down with sorcerer. I mean, the title just, it had me thinking that you were telling the truth. So when he said barbarian, I'm like, well, how could this be wrong? Your humor is like,
0: (laughs) it's like an 80 year old man.
1: I like to think of it as a cheese grater when you uh, run out of cheese and you hit your hand that one time. Yeah. That's, that's my humor. A little skin and bone. You just got to get a little blood in that. A little blood. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, where's the loincloth? Hashtag.
4: Barbarian. Now, I had already seen this because I am hip. And I
0: went on that <laughs> For our listeners (laughs) there, Oksana Valerian Osachi Osace, very audibly and noticeably um, recoiled her throat (laughs) into the microphone.
2: Term hip is just so (laughs) anti-that.
0: I know. Do you not? You guys, I'm a master of (laughs) anti-humor. All right? And I would appreciate a little recognition. It was a weird day. Of my masterful
1: play. We showed up at the East Bay Cinematographers to shoot Blu-ray Tuesday, and uh, you were gone. And yeah. we're like, oh, he's at the Alamo, and Terrell was so jealous. He was like, I wanted to go see that, oh my god. And then um, we left to go to the Alamo, and you came home. That's right. We practically tagged each
0: other on the freeway. It was like an O. Henry story. <laughs> now, uh, there was an advanced screening of Barbarian at the Alamo on Tuesday. I looked up, and there was one ticket left. Because it had sold out days prior, and I just happened to be right place, right time. That does not happen very often for old Clark and Pooh, and uh, the Stars Aligned went there on Tuesday. I still have not gotten in my flashlight that I was supposed to receive as being a uh, participant in the early screening there, and apparently the uh, flashlights were not received at the time of the screening, and now I've got to go pick my flashlight up. I looked them up. They're actually flashlights. Oh, (laughs) Little do they know how much use that will be. Oh, all right. Actually, that's not true, because it's no-nut September. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if you guys heard. Hashtag. It's a new thing. All right, so Barbarian, we know there's hype galore, right? People have been talking about this for a while, and also out there on the streets. I don't know if you guys know this as much, but, you know, we're out there, all right? Ears on the ground. People are saying that this is this year's malignant now how do you process that <laughs> I think they're wrong I, again, but do you understand why they're saying that
1: uh, because it's unique yeah uh, because it seems to have no direct um film influence
0: I think yes and also i would i I would say that this is an original property that that warrants a reception of what the hell did we just watch so by virtue of that that is how I will pair those two together cuz these are very very different films yeah malignant i love malignant is and i'm not saying that 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 barbarian's not more not much more than a horror film it is but malignant there's what i'm saying is there's no parkour <laughs> in barbarian what are you saying there's no parkour in barbarian there's a lot to offer in Malignant. Malignant is like an action movie from the 90s mixed in with some fucking, you know, Harryhausen. Wait, why did this turn into you defending Malignant? I love Malignant. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I feel ba- I still feel bad that I didn't include Malignant in, in Lookies oh, for okay. last year. I, it, that was an oversight on my part. I just wanted to let people know how much I appreciate
1: okay. Malignant.
0: <laughs> That's it all right barbarian And jays one.
1: a woman staying at an airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems
0: i'm sorry i'm in the driver's seat (laughs) i'm still in the seat and you're taking my wheel over here as i take a sip of water i saw an opportunity (laughs) this is uh zach krieger russell what do you know about zach krieger um oh good old zach
1: krieger uh he not only directed this film um, he was born on March 1st, 1981. No one in Arlington, Virginia. more
4: time, obviously.
1: <laughs> Do you know who he is? Uh, he's an actor and producer known for Wrecked 2016. And? The Whitest Kid You Know. There you go. And Guys With Kids. And were Married you, to Sarah Were Paxton. you a Whitest Kid You Know man? I had no idea who this guy was. And I did not like Whitest Kid You Know. I I actually hate white people and have a lot of guilt myself
0: for being one. I was never really on, that, on their radar. Um... <laughs> i i you know i am now i had fun with Barbarian. um i think you are all right so there that we got a decent amount to unpack here and this is our last how long have we gone because i don't have a timer here this week 107 okay well we're doing okay no it's not bad all right so how do we want to unpack this so i i think that we can we can let's start with the hype here um Horror hype, it's a death
1: sentence, dude.
0: I think horror fans are... are. I think films like this are good for horror. Okay. Very much so. Because there's an excitement that's being built. Anytime there is excitement within the horror community, I'm probably going to be behind it. Because I feel like it, it's, it's, it's a healthy excitement. Um, and I feel like this is. Because again... This is an original idea. What, look, we can unpack, you know, the, the lineage of, of the phrase original idea. Uh, yeah. There are seven original stories. Oh, okay, I understand about the fucking, you know, prodigal son. <laughs> You're like, I read it. the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I know about, about that shit. Okay. All right, fuck a Shakespeare. But what I'm saying is that this is not based off a novel. This is not based off a graphic novel. This is not based off a fucking blog off the fucking Silk Road. This is a fucking story from a creative guy who's got a comedy background who wrote a horror movie. Um, so by virtue of that, I'm in. What I really like in the strength of this film, and I've seen it twice now as I saw it with you on Thursday, I saw this on Tuesday, Um. And so I've already gotten rewatchability on this. And I'll say rewatchability is better served cold on the front half than the
4: back half
1: for me. Okay. We, I mean, that's the normal horror com- conundrum with like a haunted house story is it's always the, you know, the build It was up. the buildup yeah, yeah. and the
0: setup. That's the strength of the movie. The script is really, really good here. This is a very, very smart script. And um I re- and also I, I love this I love the direction of this thing. Um and look, man, I Krieger, he's he's on to something. This is uh I, I think he hit the notes for what he needed to out of a sort of late summer, you know, uh horror blockbuster. And I imagine that this thing's gonna do pretty well. Um and also It's coming in um without, you know, uh the A twenty-four uh brandishing on it. I know. Interesting. Doesn't that feel
1: a little strange? It does, and um mainly because the acting and the cinematography all the craft is perfect, which is what I've come to expect from A twenty four.
0: The casting Maybe my favorite thing in this.
1: Yeah, and you know, I don't know if they would go with a uh, Mr. Long with a 24.
0: Okay, well, I've, I've actually got a little update on that. Um, well, not necessarily update, more like a little little uh, trivia here. Uh, Justin Long is in the film. Um, Russell, he was choice number two. Oh, okay. For that character. Choice number one, and the character was written for Zac Efron. Oh, and then it hit too close to home. Who declined the project. Why? And then once Zac Efron declined the project, Zac Krieger had to reconstruct the character and then casted Justin Long. And I could understand that because, you know, Justin Long and- Different. Yeah. They're very different people. Dang.
1: I, um, I really like Justin Long in
0: this too. Justin Long's great.
1: Um, He's great. All right. Well, we're at an hour 15. I, I'm i going to propose something to you as we craft the show live on the show. I don't want to spoil this. Come on. Well, if we just put like a benchmark here and then we can move into territory. There's stuff I want to talk about that. Um.
0: Well, our our engineer has not seen this yet, to my knowledge. Oh, damn. Well, could we come back next week? and And, you know, he's he's taking some time off to reflect on September 11th. And really figure out what happened that day. All right. If Randy's doing some self-reflection
1: on uh, Across the Pond at the Grave of the Queen, then I think... Yeah, he's doing double duty. I re- <laughs> he's got a lot going on. <laughs> I. Damn it. There's stuff I want to talk
0: about. Okay, well, you know what? Follow us on the Instagram. Can we talk about I, it more next week? That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, let's just do that. All right. Well, let's, let's, well, we may not have an episode on Thursday. <laughs> well, let's run it. Oh, okay. What if we just do a Barbarian Spoiler on Thursday? <laughs> hey, how about this? We may can do that.
1: How about... Hey, I'm down with that. All right. How about we go deep on Barbarian, but we don't book a guest. What we do is right now, I put out a call. If you're listening to this, you made it all the way through the episode, and you'd like to come on and talk about Barbarian, hit us up. This episode should be up on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, we'll work it out and record. So if you're willing to turn around, I don't care who you are, if you're if you're our audience in the Philippines, and you want to say, Mabu, hey, and come on the show and talk about Barbarian, let's do it. But uh, this is going to be a first come, first serve, and obviously- if somebody like Zac Efron calls in, we may bump you from the list. But uh, yeah, so call in unless you're all right. We get in trouble for that.
0: Correct.
4: <laughs> Correct.
0: Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that for Thursday. Fuck it. Let's yeah. mix it up. All right. So are we done with Barbarian? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I thought, yeah. I, uh, all, all I will say is that you know I did see this in two different uh, theaters: the Alamo crowd, and then you know the Century crowd. At Daily City, which is, you know, um, your traditional big movie plex. 20 screens? Is that what they got in there? 20, 20. yep. Um, The film played a little differently. All right. Now, hold on.
1: I I took offense to you wanting to compare these, mainly because you went to a pre-screening sold-out show at the Alamo, Mm -hmm. where, again, if you know
0: Clark, he does not like to sit in the front row. You were in the front row on the side. But this is theater 5 and it's they've got it there, there's a nice little walkway area. The screen's lower. Yeah. It's I don't know, it's it, it's fine. And the front row in theater 5 best seat, I think. It's but really you, not bad. You got to be in the middle though. I kind
1: of like the end. If you're on the end, the problem is okay, I know if you're not from the bay area, this is kind of we're in the weeds now, but in this theater it's a refurbished old theater where they had broken up a bunch of the rooms into little rooms Anyway, you got to go three flights of stairs to get there. So if you're like me and Oksana, you run late to every goddamn thing, you get in that room and you are a mess. It's like you just came out of Sorcerer. You're covered in sweat. You're winded. You sit down and then you have a waiter in your face going, you want to eat? And it's like, yes, I do, but I can't breathe. And if you're on the right or the left, you're right in front of the door where the waiters who just walked up three flights of stairs come in. And they're usually not happy because if they have a table in the back, they got two more flights of stairs in theater five to climb. So you get kind of like gruff, unhappy Alamo staff, which I just want to mention the Alamo staff. You're all fantastic. I love you guys. I can't wait to get to know you again as um, they've taken a hit and they're hiring. So if you want to work for the Alamo staff out here in the (laughs) San Francisco Bay Area, uh, apply on Indeed, our new sponsor. Sure. (laughs) Sure. All right, Clark, was, Clark was spacing out, so I just thought I would uh, take the wheel and make a
0: U-turn. No, I'm excited about this uh, Thursday episode, which we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Honestly, if nobody reaches out. Uh, which is, let's be honest,
1: very likely. Could, it could be. So, you know what? Don't be scared. We hang out all the time with you. It's just, it's kind of like a one-way conversation. We just never get to hear your so voice. So what
0: we're saying is, Robbie, call in. Which Robbie? Bancroft or Smith? Smith. Oh, okay. Ban- yeah, Ban Bancroft. <laughs> yeah, and Bancroft. No, Banfitch call in and he'll talk about how thirsty he is for cock. Hey. We don't need that. I
1: kinda like talking about that.
0: Because you know, I've been with Oxana
1: a long time and, you and you're know, thirsty for start cock. Starting, is that what you're saying? I'm starting to explore a little. So Robbie, call in. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> You're chugging the cock on the side. Also, I heard that Rick and Morty's coming back, so I'm very excited. I could not care less. Dude, it's a good show. I think you'd like it. It's right. very nihilist.
2: Season six is already on their IMDb.
1: Oh my God, I'm excited. This, You know, when FOMO... it. it God, I'm really enjoying this show so much. I'm we'll ready. see you next week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts